0: From the ESPN studios at Pier 17 in the Seaport District of New York City, this is Greeny with Mike Greenberg on ESPN Radio. You can also listen and watch the show on the ESPN app.
1: Happy Thursday morning, everybody. Dan Gross in for Greeny here on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We're taking it right up until 12 o'clock noon. high noon. Barton Hahn. Coming your way then. On this beautiful Thursday, December the 8th, 2022, and be a part of Greenie Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 800-919-ESPN. That's 800-919-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. It's the one that fans deserve. Ray Dinahan, Anthony Pusick, my pals, they are producing the program today. You can get me on Twitter, as always, at Dan Grossa, G-R-A-C-A. We're going to be with you tomorrow as well. Same bat time, same bat channel at ten a.m. here. So we'll go into the weekend with some style. And you now it's been a couple of days since I've been on. As a matter of fact, I'm just you know and, and curious. Anything happening? Anything at all going on over the last few days here in this city? You know, money being thrown around? Anything at all? I mean, good win for the Knicks last night. You know, they seem to put it together the last couple of times out. But boy. Is it not good to be a Major League Baseball player or at least somebody that's maybe looking for a new contract here in this offseason? And certainly if you're number 99 of the New York Yankees and yes, still a member of the New York Yankees, you wear 99, you got yourself nine more years thrown on top of it. All is right with the world. And look, you're a Yankee fan. I know that you were stewing pretty good 48 hours ago. And you were nervous when all the arson judge rumors were floating around social media and it looked as if Aaron Judge would become the San Francisco treat and he would leave his perch in the Bronx and he would go back home. And if you were the Yankees, you would be sitting there holding the bag wondering, how are we possibly going to be able to compete now? Where do we turn to next? What's our identity going to be more than anything else? Right. And that to me is just as big as what happens off the, or excuse me, even on the field with the New York Yankees, right? I mean, Aaron Judge is the face of the franchise. If he took the advances of, let's say, the San Francisco Giants or and seemingly out of nowhere, the San Diego Padres, who apparently they've been sitting on a, a treasure trove of a fortune, you know, buried in the basement of Petco Park, which I guess they finally unearthed, you know, over the last few weeks, the money that they're throwing around, which is just insane. But can you imagine if Aaron Judge left the New York Yankees? Like, what would that team be? Like, what move could they possibly make to pivot away from Aaron Judge onto something else, and you could actually sit there with degree of confidence and say, oh, yeah, that's a good team. That's a team that's certainly World Series caliber. You're not. You're not. And the other thing, too, you know, now that the winter meetings has come and gone, Out there in San Diego. The next, remember a year ago at this time, we didn't have baseball. We didn't have winter meetings. There was no business. There was no transactions. There really wasn't anything happening at all because we had a work stoppage. We had a lockout. And it was the owners trying to preserve every single penny that they have. And it was the players trying to get every single nickel and dime that they could get in negotiations. Right? That's the art of negotiating. But the next time the owners or anybody out there, you know, want to cry poor, and they want you to maybe start up a GoFundMe page for them. Do you see the kind of money that's been, flow, you know, just absolutely being tossed around like it was Monopoly money here over the last few days? I mean, it's absolutely insane. So far here in this offseason, not just this week, but in the offseason in general, which hasn't even been that long. You're talking about more than $2 billion in guaranteed money that has already been awarded by teams in Major League Baseball to players. Two billion dollars think about that for a second right franchises aren't even worth that much two billion dollars so the next time they (laughs) cry poor i mean are you really going to take them with any sort of degree of certainty and any sort of validity to that because the money is just flowing like water right now when you're talking about this sport but at the end of the day you're a yankee fan you're happy right this had to get done Come hell or high water. And you know what? You feel good that the Yankees at least put forward the full court press. Hal Steinbrenner got involved while he was in, you know, sitting there in Milan drinking cappuccinos. And then he realizes, hey, you know what? There's a rumor out there about this arson judge guy. I better pick up the phone and try to make a last ditch effort to make sure that he puts pen to paper and he stays in the Bronx. I don't know if he got arson. I don't know if he got Aaron. But thankfully, maybe he dialed the wrong number. He got Aaron and he's still a Yankee. And the Padres offered more money, Giants put out all the stops, but he wanted to be a Yankee. So, you know what, if you're a fan, that should mean something to you. It really and truly should. Because, you know, nowadays in professional sports, which is clearly a business, and you have guys coming and going, and loyalty is sometimes something that is even questioned. Right? It's a business. It's your livelihood. You're going to go out there and get every last penny that you can, as you should. Right, If Aaron Judge was just so content on being a Yankee at all costs, no matter what it was, he would have taken the $213 million that they put in front of him last year. Right? That would have been more than enough. That would have been more than content for him to live the rest of his life and for you know two, three generations down the road with that type of money. That was life-changing money. But he said, nah, you know what? I think I'm better than that. I think I could go and get me a contract that's worth more than that. He bet on himself. He went out there and had a season for the ages, and... You look at the type of money that he ended up netting, 213 versus 360. Yeah, I'd say that he won the bet. He cashed in. But now there's still work to be done, though, right? This is only like one part of it here. And I know that I just keep coming back to that same thought that, my gosh, can you imagine if the Yankees had lost Aaron Judge? You know, it's not even a case of like him wearing a Giants uniform or him wearing a Padres uniform, but I can't imagine the Yankees more than anything else without an Aaron Judge. But you don't have to think about that anymore if you're a fan. But you know what? The work still has to get done. The Yanks still have a lot of work to do here. They are by far a finished product here. And you know what? The same holds true for the Mets, and we'll get to them in just a second. Because if you're the New York Yankees right now, all right, you brought Judge back. Great. Jamison Tyone is a member of the Chicago Cubs. Okay. Not to say that Jamison Tyone was going to make or break their starting rotation. You know, nice pitcher, but now he's not even in your uniform. That's not a guy that you can even turn to right now. So the point I'm making is, you look at where this Yankee team is today versus where this Yankee team was at the end of the season. That was a team that was still a step below the Houston Astros. We saw that play itself out on the field in the ALCS, right? The Astros were a different beast than the Yankees. There was a gap that needed to be breached. And I don't know about you, and I know that the offseason isn't over, but you just paid $360 million to ensure that you are just even at the same place you were last year, which still isn't good enough, right? So you could take your victory laps and you could do your cartwheels and you could go gobble up all the Aaron Judge merchandise and stuff from the from the, you know, merchandise stores and all those things. And, you know, all rise and get your T-shirts and all that. But are the Yankees really a better baseball team today than they were a month ago? The answer is no. So now the real work begins. You're Brian Cashman. Like, what's next? Right. How do you go out there? and still add some more pitching to this team? How do you go out there and even tweak this lineup a little bit and bring in some bats here? You know, re-signing Anthony Rizzo, re-signing Aaron Judge, Say, say, like, oh, okay, that's great. It's like you're running in place, right? Yankees are not a better team than the Houston Astros today. And if you want to even look in their same division, I'll tell you one thing that does help the Yankees is what's happening up in Boston. Because... For the life of me, I have no idea what the hell Heimbloom and those guys are doing up there at Fenway Park. I have no idea. Because Red Sox weren't a good team last year, and so far here in this offseason, they've even gotten worse. Even gotten worse. They signed the outfielder from Japan, okay, but now you got Xander Bogarts who leaves, one of the best hitters in your lineup, a guy who was supposed to be a foundational player for you. He takes San Diego's riches and goes out to the National League West. Who the heck knows what's going to happen with Raphael Devers? Are they going to be able to even sign him? You know, I, like I said, I don't know what is happening with the Red Sox, but, you know, if, if you're a Yankee fan, you could probably point to them and laugh a little bit today. You could. But there's still work to be done. But step one, check. They had to bring back Aaron Judge. I guess maybe I should say Aaron Judge had to pick the Yankees because you know that they wanted him. And you know that they did everything they possibly could to bring Aaron Judge back. And they had to do it. I thought if, if Aaron Judge would have left, and maybe things were maybe pointing that direction on Tuesday with the San Francisco rumors in the afternoon. If he had left, you know, depending on how old you are, as a Yankee fan, you know, you want to go back the last, you know, 20, 30 years or whatever. Worst thing to happen to the Yankees was 2004, Right. That's 1A. This would have been 1B. Really and truly, this would have been 1B. Almost on that level. Because he was your identity. He was your franchise. You know, good luck selling tickets. Good luck trying to market this team if Aaron Judge wasn't a part of it next year. You know, what are you going to sell? The promise of Garrett Cole pitching once every five days? Great. The promise of Giancarlo Stanton hitting an occasional home run when he's not on the injured list, great. You know, see Anthony Rizzo take advantage of the short porch in right field and hit his 30 home runs, which, you know, going to be good enough to get the Yankees either in third and fourth place in the American League East, great. But now the work begins for Brian Cashman. Okay, no victory laps. Because this Yankee team is still an unfinished product. And you know what? So is the team in Queens as well. And we got to get to them too. 800-919-3776. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. I'm really curious to get the pulse of the Yankee fan. You know, the emotions of the last 48 hours. Like I said, I haven't been on in a couple of days. You know, how are you feeling? What have the last couple of days been like for you? Have you come out in one piece on the other side? And also acknowledging that there's still work to be done. But the Mets got some work to get done, too. And we'll get into them coming up as well. We'll do all the football. Big, huge divisional games coming up this weekend for both the Jets and the Giants. How about this? We're in the middle of December almost. And we have meaningful divisional games coming up on Sunday. Pinch me. Pinch me. Although you'd hope for better results than he got last week if you're the Jets and the Giants. That's for sure. Winter meetings a thing of the past. Yankees do what they have to do. Mets spend some money. But admittedly, an unfinished product are the both of them. Uh, Here was Brian Cashman, general manager of your New York Yankees. He was on the Yes Network, and he was asked, did he think – that he would be able to re-sign one Aaron Judge.
2: You know what? I'm wired negative. I think the worst and hope for the best. I think it serves me well when I start engaging clubs and agents and and anything and everything. So I enter the process assuming nothing and expecting nothing and hoping, you know, obviously, that you know, with a lot of conversations, it can lead to you know a positive result, one way or the other. going can impact this franchise in a good way. And you know, listen, you know, uh, clearly we're talking about Aaron Judge. We've said publicly many a times, from the highest level, from Hal Timer's desk to everybody, from myself. Darren Boone and his teammates that, so, you know, he's our franchise players and we, and we want to retain him. and we're going to make every effort to do so. And you know, obviously we have some more steps to take in that process, but we're in a good position.
1: It had to happen. You know, that's the bottom line. They could spin it any which way they want. And look, there was a very realistic possibility the judge was going to be an ex-Yankee by today. You know, I think that the overtures of the teams on the West Coast were legit. You know that he gave it a lot of thought. I mean, shoot, why get on a plane, go all the way the hell out to San Diego, even though San Diego's a beautiful place and who wouldn't want to go to San Diego. But Judge is sitting there on Monday night in Tampa, Florida, watching that Saints Buccaneers snooze fest until Tom Brady woke up there late in the fourth quarter. But to get on a plane and go all the way across the country, if you're not giving serious consideration to taking $400 million from San Diego Padres and meeting with them, right? I mean, this literally went down to the 11th hour. But they got their guy, and they got their deal done. Now, I thought this was interesting. Buster Olney, of course, from ESPN, he was on the Michael K. Show. And he was asked, or basically, if Brian Cashman had his druthers,
2: would Aaron Judge be a Yankee? I don't think so. And in fact, and I don't know that for sure. I I would not at all be surprised if this situation was like we had with Alex Rodriguez when he opted out of the contract, when uh, Cashman advised ownership, don't do it, don't go back in and do a big deal with Alex, when he advised them with Robinson Cano, don't go back in. You know, a couple weeks ago, I talked with a number of experienced agents who recalled for me Uh, Conversations they had with Brian right after Albert Pujols became a free agent. You know, the Cardinals uh, held the line on him. He signs with the Angels. And Brian lauded the Cardinals for the discipline. And he thought, you know what, the, what he related to the agents was these contracts never work out long-term for the team. And let's face it, you know, from where the front office got, put it at the valuation on Judge you know, just eight months ago for that seven-year, $213.5 million offer to where they landed, I think there's a pretty good chance that basically Hal Steinbrenner, as the agent, suggested, he got emotional about this.
1: Do you remember those pictures... And the footage of Brian Cashman sleeping outside on the sidewalk, you know, in the sleeping bag for charity and all that stuff. That would essentially be Brian Cashman's life if Aaron Judge did not re-sign as a New York Yankee. I know that he got himself a contract extension, and theoretically he wasn't going anywhere. But in the minds of Yankees fans, that's pretty much where they would want to see Brian Cashman. Because you know that he would be the bad guy. And look, I understand everything that Buster says. And if indeed that's the philosophy of Brian Cashman, which I think deep down it is, and it makes a hell of a lot of sense. Like from a, a, a practical standpoint, yes. All right, you don't have to be a genius to figure out that nine years from now or eight years from now or hell, maybe even seven years from now, when you're looking at Aaron Judge, the baseball player, and you're looking at that contract on the Yankees books, it's going to look like an albatross. We know that because I think right now the probability of, of you getting productivity from those waning years of the deal are probably slim to none. I mean, anything else can happen, sure, but I'm glad that Albert Pujols' name was just brought up there. You know, look at what Albert Pujols the last couple of years were with the Angels on that 10-year contract. Those contracts backfire. Late last night, if you were sleeping, you know, Xander Bogarts signs an 11-year contract with the San Diego Padres. Guess what? That's going to be an awful deal years down the road. Absolutely awful. Trey Turner's contract with the Philadelphia Phillies, 11 years. That is going to be dreadful. But you know what? That's the price of doing business nowadays in baseball. If that's the market, if that's the price, and those are the terms that are being thrown around, you have to play by those rules. You absolutely have to. And if you're the Yankees, it's still something you had to get done. You might as well pay, and it makes sense to pay for peak Aaron Judge for the next, let's say, oh, I don't know, five, six years, even if you're going to get diminishing returns on the back end. It's something that absolutely had to get done. All right. That is the telephone number. Before we go to the phone, though, we all know the game isn't over till it's over. So next time your car breaks down, don't call it quits. Head to eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts to take your car into overtime. So get the right parts at the right prices. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. We're going to ride right now with Dave in Babylon. He's first up here on 98.7 ESPN. David, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dan. I, I
0: appreciate your work uh, with Greg Buttle. Always well, has entertaining.
1: I appreciate that, David, and certainly he will, too.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm, th- I'm thinking about this massive judge contract, um, and I have two thoughts. One is, do you have a handle on what the value of a world championship is to the Yankees economically?
1: Well, no, because the last time they won one, it was 2009, and there's this thing called inflation. <laughs> and things have changed over the last, what now, 13 years.
0: Right, but I mean, what would the Yankees have made more in dollars last year if they won the World Championship as opposed to what they accomplished?
1: Uh, I, I don't know that answer for sure, Dave, but here's what we all kind of know about the New York Yankees. They print money, right? And I think these negotiations with Aaron Judge proved one thing, and maybe we haven't really been reminded of that as much in the last few years, and that is that if the Yankees want to get a guy... They have the financial wherewithal to get a guy. I mean, I don't know off the top of my head how much the price tag is on the New York Yankees, but i got to believe they're somewhere in the neighborhood of a 4 or $5 billion team. I have to think that's the value of the franchise.
0: Them, but I just wanted to, you know, I'm trying to get a handle on, like, um, when these massive contracts come out and they're, they're projecting themselves winning a championship, how much would that championship be worth, to, you know, in, in, in the dollars and revenue in a year? Is it a hundred well, you know,
1: Yeah, see, here's the thing, though, David, I got to let you go because your phone is a little scratchy there, the line. I appreciate the phone call, though. Yankees are worth $6 billion. All right. If you look at the list of the most valuable sports franchises, let's uh, say in North America, you know, you got the New York Yankees there. You got the Dallas Cowboys there, for example. Both of those teams have something in common. They haven't won a championship in a real long time. 2009 for the Yankees and for the Dallas Cowboys, not since 1995. But you build a new stadium, you're shrewd when it comes to your marketing and your merchandising and the business side of sports. You know what? That's how your value goes up. Yankees, look, here's the thing about the Yankees. They win a World Series. They don't win a World Series. I mean, it's not like they're going to have a hard time selling tickets. Yankees are going to be able to move the inventory. And whatever they would generate from winning a postseason and winning a World Series, I mean, you know, they're the Yankees. It's not like they're going to be this little engine that could and then that they're going to be this great success story. And then a bunch of people are going to flock to the bandwagon and that sort of thing. I I just don't think it pays super dividends when you're talking about what winning can do for them. I mean, they're the Yankees. Another team, that's a different story. You know, you want to go back and check. And again, I don't have the numbers in front of me. You want to go back and check what it was worth to a team like the Kansas City Royals when they won a World Series in 2015, or when they got the back-to-back World Series. I mean, that is the definition of a small market team. That's a club that probably can benefit from something like that. I don't know so much about a team like the Yankees. Israel's in Queens. Up next here on 98.7.
3: Israel, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? Enjoying good, Israel. your conversation. Talk to me. So I've been a Yankee fan, I guess, 1955. Mm -hmm. And I think that they certainly had to re-sign Judge. That was a no-brainer. But I think it's also an illusion to think that he gives them the World Series because he had a career year. And where did they end up? And I think it's a philosophy that the Yankees have, which is go for the home run. And I think they need to concentrate on getting on base, and they need to have pitchers that can go ahead and close – close the games you know i bring me back to 1962 world series when the the big hoopla was maze and Mantle playing against each other two of the greatest players ever neither one hit 200 bobby richardson was the was the hitter of uh who who won the games for them and bill terry pitched the shutout and so it has repeated itself it's not frequently that home run hitter that's there now they couldn't have gotten to the to the uh to the playoffs without Judge. So there's no question that he's a key ingredient, but they're going to have to do a lot more than that. And I think part of that is a changing of philosophy of getting people on base.
1: Well, Israel, thank you for the phone call. Here's the bottom line. And look, did Judge have a great postseason last year? No, he didn't. He did not. Did he have a great regular season? Absolutely. He was one for the ages. But make no mistake about it. And this was also something that kept coming back to me, at least during this whole process as it played itself out here with his free agency. Imagine this Yankee team from 2022 and all of Aaron Judge's heroics. Are the Yankees a playoff team if Aaron Judge is not on the roster this past year? I got a hard time believing they were because remember, especially those last couple of months of the season when they couldn't buy any sort of offense and when they were struggling so much and judge was like the only guy doing anything in that lineup for whatever the reason you want to point to injuries whatever i get it it's part of sports part of baseball But you take Aaron Judge off that team, I don't think the Yankees are even playing October baseball. And that, to me, among other reasons, was why Aaron Judge was the slam dunk to win the American League Most Valuable Player. So again, take Judge off this team. Imagine he went to San Francisco or to San Diego. What is this Yankees team as we know it? You know, you talk about having a wave of magic wand, Brian Cashman would have to to work out a deal with some team to get some big-time impact bat off of somebody else's club to bring him to the Bronx. Now, I don't know if part of this philosophy, looking down the road, is that next year, the big fish in the free agent waters, if nothing else changes between now and then, is going to be who? Shohei Otani. And there's going to be a lot of teams who are vying for his services. I guarantee you that the team in Queens probably is. Don't think for a second they're not. Yankees going to be able to afford a guy like Shohei with all this money. Remember, they've got three three hundred plus million dollar contracts. I know that that's not all in one year, of course, but and they didn't sign Giancarlo Stanton to his. But he's got a contract over three hundred mil. Garrett Cole, and now you got Aaron Judge. You know how much flexibility is going to be there because Judge got three sixty. What do you think if Otani goes out there this season? and has a year on par with what he's done for the last two seasons, how much money do you think he's going to command? You want to start with a four in front of it? Like, if we're just sitting there spitting numbers out there, let's begin with a four. Because if Judge is getting 360, Otani's going to get over $400 million. Because you're buying a pitcher, and you're buying an, an impact bat. I don't know if it's going to be for 10 years, but he's going to get a lot of money. He's going to shatter the records. But back to what Israel was saying, though, about... Aaron Judge, the place in the lineup, construction of a lineup now in baseball. One guy can't do it in this sport. And we've used this example for years and years and years with Mike Trout. Mike Trout, the best player in the game, right? MVPs, you name it, the standard. And how much success did his team have and has his team had? Since he was the centerpiece of the Angels. And oh, by the way, they put Otani in the same lineup as him. And how has that worked out for the last couple of years? It's more than just one guy. It's more than just the lineup. It's the pitching staff. It's the bullpen. It's everything. You know, so you might sit here and say to yourself, boy, is that money well spent? And that's, I think, why somebody like Brian Cashman and, you know, executives around baseball that maybe are a little bit more prudent with the money and they don't want to give out these blockbuster nine, ten year deals because it's going to come back and backfire on you. Yes, I agree. One thousand percent. I agree. But that is the cost of doing business in present day baseball. You want stars. You want impact players. Remember, this is sports, but it's also entertainment. It's a business. You know, you're a Yankees. You need to have an Aaron Judge in the lineup every day to go out there and to be able to sell your franchise. You want people to watch the guest network. You want them to watch games. You know what? They're not going to turn on the, the TV and be enamored with the Yankees with a bunch of punch and Judy hitters. Remember all those years ago? I think it was the season. I don't remember what year it was specifically. Remember A-Rod was suspended. He was out of the mix. And the Yankees were playing good baseball. But they were kind of like, you know, not too many n- big name players in that lineup and I remember, like, the ratings were taking a hit on the Yes Network, even though the Yankees were winning games. And they were like a fun little baseball team to watch because they were, they were void of some of those household names that you were used to seeing. You know, they weren't viewed as the mercenaries anymore. But not as many people were dialed in. Yankees going to be out there selling tickets and selling all those legend seats and, you know, for hundreds and hundreds of dollars behind home plate if you don't have Aaron Judge there? What, are they lining up to go watch Anthony Rizzo back clean up? I don't think so. It's entertainment. That's why Tom Cruise gets whatever the hell he got to make the Top Gun sequel. Probably what, like 40, 50 million bucks? Plus on the back end with box office receipts and all that stuff? You know, you got to get some name value. Eight hundred nine one nine is the telephone number. Let us say hi to Neil in the Bronx. He is up next here on 9870 ESPN. Neil, good morning. How are you?
3: Good morning. Thank you for taking my call, and I'm happy that the Yankees signed Judge, which you know they needed to do regardless, no matter what. But the thing was, I want to ask you is, um, how much money they have left on the table to get good pitching? Because that's what they really need. Got to see much how money much money is the left the- to go and get some really good pitching. Not no nickel and dime pitching, but some really good pitching, and how much of a hit they're willing to take on the tax bracket if they need to spend that kind of money to get that good pitching.
1: I got to get the payroll numbers up in front of me. I'll do that during the break, Neil. But, hey, supposedly they're still in on Carlos Rodon, and Carlos Rodon's the best available starting pitcher that's still out there. You know, I, uh, and that guy is going to command a lot of money. Look and see what some of these other pitchers are getting. All right, for example, look at what Tywan Walker just got from the Philadelphia Phillies. And I like Taiwan. I like him a lot. But four years, $72 million for a guy whose production – tailed off considerably second half of the season the last two years. Jamison Tyone, what he got from the Chicago Cubs. Carlos Rodon is going to cash in and cash in big time. Because now if you're a team that needs frontline starting pitching, that is your only option. If you want to play checkbook baseball. You know, you could go visit the trade market perhaps, but he's the guy. And it's going to cost you a lot of money. Questions are going to go back to Hal Steinbrenner. I don't know if he's still in Italy, you know, in the gondolas there and, you know, hobnobbing, rubbing elbows with the Pope at the Vatican and that sort of thing. As my buddy Jack Curry posted the picture a little while ago on Twitter. You know, Hal's going to have to decide. You know, do we want to go past that Steve Cohen tax number of $293 million? Because remember, that all adds up and then he got to pay a penalty. They may feel that they exhausted whatever they wanted to exhaust this offseason to make sure that they brought back Aaron Judge. And there's still work to be done. But I don't know if they're going to be in the market for big-time, big-time contributions to the rotation like a Rodon. That's going to cost you. Funny exchange last night, by the way. After the Nets uh, finished off Charlotte, won themselves a basketball game. Congrats to them. So Kevin Durant... Of course, the team spokesman for the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm sure that you all know that the Nets games are on a little channel called the Yes Network, which also, of course, happens to be home of the Yankees. So somebody in the media last night after the game decided to ask Kevin Durant about. Aaron Judge re-signing with the Bronx Bombers. Take a listen to KD's response.
2: KD, non-basketball-related question. We got the Yankee show coming up next on Yes. What's your reaction to Aaron Judge's contract and him getting that?
0: I'm a national fan. I really don't care about Aaron Judge at all.
1: (laughs) I mean, not even like, not even pretending just a little. Like, not even playing along. You know, humor me for a second. I don't care about Aaron Judge at all. At all. And the great about it, like if you saw the visual, the best part about it is you got KD sitting there holding the microphone with the Yes Network mic flag on it. Basically just like spitting on the Yes Network, essentially, in so many ways. Right? I don't care about Aaron Judge. I thought he was going to say, I I, I wish he took his talents to San Francisco or to San Diego. Instead, KD's all caught up in the Nationals right now. You know, C.J. Abrams. Victor Robles, you know, trying to find out if there's ever going to become a time when, you know, Patrick Corbin maybe turns it around. When are the Nationals going to get back to contending? Lerner going to sell the team. That's what keeps KD up at nights. You think it's Kyrie and all these other problems that he's dealing with in Brooklyn? You know, which which coach does he want to get fired next and all those other things? No, 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 no. Nationals baseball, baby. That's where it's at for Kevin Durant. When are they having Jason Worth day? Those type of things. That's where KD wants to be sitting front and center behind home plate. Not Yankee Stadium. Not Aaron Judge. No, 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 no. Anthony in the mail truck. He's up next here on 98.7. Anthony, good morning. How are you?
0: Dan, good morning, brother. How are you? Anthony, I'm outstanding. Talk to me. How's things? Good, man. I'm I'm very happy that we got Aaron Judge back. And, uh, you know, what not many people are talking about, you know, is if the Yankees don't sign Aaron Judge, where are they pivoting? Because Trey Turner is gone. Justin Verlander is gone. Xander Bogarts is now gone. Obviously, it happened after the fact. But there's nowhere to pivot if they don't get this deal done. And that's what I think, you know, also pushed them over the edge. And also, I I uh, I heard a take from Don, and I... I I actually enjoyed it so much that it it makes so much sense where you know these owners yeah they're they're getting these eleven year deals done you know Xander Bogart is not going to be good at the end of his his you know he's same age as judge so he just signed an eleven year deal instead of a nine year deal he'll be forty one as a shortstop and he's very athletic, but with that being said, who knows if this uh this ownership you know this ownership group is going to be there in 11 years. They're, every single owner is win, is is in win now mode. Besides, you know, a couple of them in the smaller markets. But you know what I mean? Like every single owner needs to win now. And if they don't, they know what what their you know what their uh, what their future holds. And also, one more thing, Dan. Uh, yeah. Before you let me go, and I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Um, mark my words. Shohei Ohtani will be a Los Angeles Dodger next year. Thank you, brother. You have a good day.
1: Anthony, you're the best. Thanks for the phone call. Um, Possibly. You know, certainly he's comfortable out there on the West Coast. You know that. And by the way, you're looking at the Dodgers. This is another discussion for another time. I mean, if we're starting a season tomorrow, I don't think you can sit here and say they're the favorites to win that National League West, not by any stretch. Certainly not on paper. I mean, look at that lineup right now. You got Mookie Betts, you got Freddie Freeman, you got Will Smith, and then in a lot of ways it falls off a cliff right after that. I mean, they have lost a lot, and they have to find ways to make up for it. Would not shock me in the least if they are lying in the weeds right now for Shohei. And you speak about, you know, teams and franchises being up for sale. Remember, Artie Moreno is selling the Angels, and Rob Manford said a couple of days ago at the winter meetings that he expects the Angels to be sold before opening day. When you sell a team, okay, when you transfer ownership, you're looking to cut payroll more than add on to it. So if you know Otani's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, I don't think he's sticking around Anaheim. He might be a guy that gets traded before the deadline, so he becomes maybe as pricey a rental player as we've seen it quite some time in baseball, and then you're going to have to pull out the checkbook come next offseason to be able to sign him. Dodgers have the money, and, and then you're kind of restricting things to only a handful of clubs that are going to be able to pay out $400 million, let's say, to go get a guy like Shohei Ohtani. Now, is that the Yankees? Is that the Mets? Remains to be seen. By the way, the payroll question was broached a little while ago. Right now, the Mets and the Yankees, like if we were starting a season today, Yankees and Mets have the two highest payrolls in baseball. Met payroll right now is in the neighborhood of 300 million dollars. Yankees is in the 260 range. And remember, that prohibitive last layer, or that second layer of the tax, the Steve Cohen tax, as they like to call it, is at 293. Mets are over it. Yankees are approaching it. And you know that the way that the Yankees have done business over the last several years, they've been very mindful of not wanting to go past that. So how much flexibility do they have? How creative can they get to go over, to go out there and continue to fill holes on this roster? I think it remains to be seen. Now, as far as the Mets are concerned, we haven't talked much about them yet, they lose to Grom on Friday night. What was surprising about that, not that he left, to be quite honest with you, a couple of things. Number one, that it happened before the winter meetings. I was surprised that it did. And number two, that he got the deal that he ended up getting from the texas rangers i mean five years and potentially that thing could be a six-year deal for 222 million dollars for a guy who's barely pitched in the last two seasons barely pitched and okay you have to get over the shock of it and sense that okay jacob Degrom is no longer a met and i know that it was an extremely extremely generous deal and one that nobody could say no to but at the same token it kind of just fueled the perception that he didn't want to be a man any longer. And he wanted out of New York at all costs. Remember, this was a guy that even at the beginning of last season, when he had missed the entire second half in 2021, when he was already on the shelf at the beginning of this season and you had no idea when the hell he was even going to pitch in 2022, he was still very steadfast in saying, I'm going to opt out no matter what. I'm opting out. Normally, if you're an athlete, and you know that you're going to be a free agent, don't you want to go out there and perform to the highest level like Aaron Judge did and drive up your, val- your value and prove that you are indeed worth whatever you're going to command? But Jacob DeGrum, even though that there was a tremendous amount of speculation regarding his durability and injuries, he didn't even care. He told you, I'm opting out regardless. I'm leaving all this guaranteed money on the table because I think he didn't want to be in New York. And I think what transpired here over the last week just kind of affirms that more than anything else. Okay, so that's number one. You lose an ace. An ace, by the way, that once upon a time, he was great. He was the best pitcher in baseball. When healthy, he probably is the best pitcher in baseball. But you can't guarantee that he's going to be healthy. So they pivot to Justin Verlander, who in a lot of ways is almost like a carbon copy of the guy that they still have in this rotation in Max Scherzer. But Justin Verlander, in a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately world, won a World Series, won a Cy Young, coming off of Tommy John, great! But he is still 40 years old. So that would give me a little bit of pause if I'm a Met fan. Because yes, you have two future Hall of Famers who are co-aces at the top of your rotation, which, by the way, was the same thing that you thought you had going into last year. You got Verlander, you got Scherzer. And he won 101 games last year, and DeGrom had virtually nothing to do with it. He won five of them. But now you're putting a lot of hopes into Verlander, not necessarily pitching at a Cy Young level, but being pretty, pretty good, considering you just gave him $43 million a year at the age of 40. And furthermore, you're expecting Max Scherzer to go out there and pitch at an elite level and more importantly, to stay healthy. Because Max Scherzer last year... Spent a couple of times on the injured list with that oblique. And at the end of the season, when the Mets needed him the most, to say that he was not exactly 100% and not exactly delivered, I think would be putting it mildly. The two most important games that Max Scherzer pitched last year for the New York Mets, that weekend series in Atlanta with first place on the line, and game one of the series against the San Diego Padres, he came up extremely small in both of them. And it kind of just, you know, fueled the fire a little bit to what you saw from Max Scherzer when he was a hired gun for the Dodgers at the end of 2021 and that he ran out of steam late in the season. And you know what? I can't blame him considering the guy's almost 40 years old. This happens when he got a lot of bullets in that arm like he has over a long career. You kind of expect this stuff. Okay, so if that's the case, the Mets have almost doubled down now. And now you got another one of those guys at the front end of the rotation who you hope can hold up his end. And remember, Justin Verlander threw a lot more innings this past year because his team pitched or played basically into November and went in a World Series. Okay, that's great. So then you also had guys in your rotation, like a Chris Bassett, like a Taiwan Walker, who are gone. Walker signs with the Philadelphia Phillies. Chris Bassett, he's still out there. And I think any starting pitcher not named Carlos Rodon, Bassett is right at the top of that list. He's going to get paid, and he probably priced himself out of New York right now. And the Mets have already pivoted to bring in Jose Quintana, who, you know what? Look, I'm not the biggest Jose Quintana guy. He had himself a good 2022 season. I get it. He kind of salvaged a little bit, but I don't know if you're getting that same guy this year. And that's why, to me, the Mets have a tremendous amount of question marks that still need answering before opening day next year. And the question we got to ask ourselves, is this Mets team better... Or even just as good as the one that walked off the field losers to the San Diego Padres? My answer, no.